1: Any good stories from the road? It'd pipe up. I wish
2: we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was gonna
1: die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rap poison proof. They're mind
0: We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction.
1: Howdy y'all. It's time for the Georgia show and it's Auburn week and guys I don't know about y'all I'm excited for this game. I know it's not in November like it normally is But I've had all the old games playing in the background today while I did my work It's been hot on our message boards been hot on social media with people Reminiscing about the games and the deep south's oldest rivalry. So let's get fired up Jake Rowe, Palmer, Toms, how you doing, guys?
2: I'm good, man. I think I've seen this game more than in person than I've seen any other game that any other team Georgia's ever played. I think I've probably seen more Auburn games in person than any other.
1: Yeah. Palmer, have you been to many of them, either working and or just as a normal fan in the stands?
3: This will be number four for me. Um, the first one back in my freshman year, 2018 was a night game um don't remember much that one um but uh 20 2019 2021 uh the two games at auburn great environments there love going and visiting um one of my best friends played football at auburn so always fun to uh you know see see georgia the team i cover and and the Auburn, the team he played for, um, cross paths. The the team that I've seen Georgia play the most
1: would be Vanderbilt, um, being from Nashville. That makes sense. Yeah, I've seen quite a few myself, and most of them have been pretty good for Georgia. It's been uh, quite a fortunate, favorable little run right now. I don't know that Georgia is dominating any annual rival the way that it is Auburn. And that almost makes me wonder, the law of averages, is Georgia going to get – caught georgia gonna get bit in this game especially coming off of that missouri performance the dogs don't tighten things up you gotta wonder but uh you guys are around the butts mirror building you're talking to kirby you're talking to the players uh what's the vibe what's the feeling right now how are they doing on the injury front all that good stuff they are banged up injury wise especially on defense Uh, Small
2: Munden, uh, I would say you'd put in the questionable category. Not sure what he was able to do today. Uh, But Kirby said he struggled through the first two days of practice this week. Uh, Jalen Carter's out. Uh, Chaz Chambliss probably looks a little bit questionable, maybe doubtful. I know he's a kind of a reserve guy. Uh, But Small Munden and and Jalen Carter are a couple big ones there. And I think that, uh, you know, it's going to take some doing to make up for those guys and, uh, you know, the matchup. I'll get into that later, but uh, Georgia, you know, there's there's a good chance Georgia's going to be without at least two guys that it plays a lot on defense. And, uh, you know, that could be a problem. Next man up.
1: Yeah. That depth is is starting to be uh, an issue. And I don't know if it's a serious issue, but it's an issue in the, in the fact that we're talking about it. We're talking about who's backing up Jalen Carter, who's backing up smile Monday. You wrote about it today, Jake. Um, And that's, the normal wear and tear of an sec season but georgia's only through five games i mean you look at ad mitchell being out look at arian smith how much of these things are starting to contribute to some of these performances that we've seen with georgia not playing its best ball i don't want to say a ton of it because
2: uh those you know the guys that had the ball in their hands and put it on the ground probably have more to do with it than anybody else. Those turnovers, i kind of still kind of harping on that. And what's crazy about it is I think either going into the Sanford game or going into the South Carolina game, it's probably the South Carolina game, I talked about how Georgia was, you know, the championship DNA of the team was that Georgia just wasn't giving the other team anything. And then you turn around and bam, they've turned it over five times in two weeks and – um, haven't really gotten anything back, um, you know, out of them. So, you know, they, they, George just got to do a better job. They got to flip the script on that. I don't think the injuries are killing them. Um, I do think it makes them a little bit more vulnerable in some specific areas, especially at inside linebacker, when you consider Tresman Marshall is also banged up. Um, but, but I, I don't think that it's contributing to what we've seen as far as the struggles the last couple of weeks. I think that's got to do more with sloppy play and turnovers.
3: I do think that some of it has to do with with missing a passing threat like Ad Mitchell, though, because I th- I think that you know what we saw from Georgia's offense, um, especially against Oregon, um, you know, they were so dynamic in getting the ball out, getting the ball downfield, um, you know, making plays, that, you know, that that very few guys on this team are capable of doing. Um, and, and when you take away one of those guys, it just puts more pressure on a guy like Lad McConkey, who has obviously, um, you know, cracked a little bit under pressure, um, you know, c- coughing the ball up, struggling with some drops. drops. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he's not cut to be Georgia's number one wide receiver. And that's fine because he doesn't have to be Georgia's number one wide receiver when they're completely healthy. A.D. Mitchell takes that title. That, you know, they, they they work to get the ball in the hands of Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington more. Um, but I, I do think that – I don't think you can put it entirely on the injuries, but I certainly think that the injuries have had, um, you know, some sort of role in, in especially the, the red zone woes of this offense.
1: Well, when you talk about the uh, issues up front – I think one thing that is uh, interesting to take a look at here is on the defensive line. Georgia doesn't really have the injury excuse on the offensive line. Missouri just punched Georgia in the mouth. That's been well established. But with Jalen Carter being out, you're starting to talk about guys that aren't necessarily young. They're just inexperienced. Uh, Zion Logue is stepping (coughs) up. He's getting a lot of meaningful reps right now. But it's not in the same position when you look at the D-line as it was with Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. And those things just come with time. Kirby said it. Look, these players have not gone through their 2019 South Carolina game. They haven't gone through their 2020 Alabama game or their 2020 Florida game yet. So some of these lessons are hard, and some of them are necessary for Georgia to go where it wants to go. But I think one person who's taken note of it is Auburn Center Brandon Council? I don't know if you guys have seen this, but he spoke to Auburn's media today and he says that Not he, smart, believes, he believes that they can dominate, demolish them. That's the actual no. word. He said. he said we could demolish them up front. So, guys, here's number 71
2: Demolition On screen, Man,
1: Brandon Council ready to demolish the dogs i'm with you jake seems a little foolish yeah i kind of want
2: to do that michael scott meme where he's like <laughs> yeah,
1: I <didn't>
2: <laughs> um i wish you had a I wish you had a poster of wesley snipes and demolition man circa like 1994 or I'll whatever dig that up. That came out uh yeah uh demolish huh i mean i don't know man i I don't want to hate the confidence. I just don't know if that's really a bear you want to poke because the Jalen Carter injury doesn't really rile me up like the Smile Munden one does because we've seen what Georgia does when Jalen Carter's banged up. Like Right? I mean, you know, he played a handful of snaps, um, you know, just a few snaps against – Sanford a few snaps against South Carolina, very little against uh, against uh, almost none. One offensive snap against Kent State, and then you know you only played like six against uh, against Missouri, and you know Georgia did give up some big plays in that Missouri game, but they still gave up five point five yards of play and under three hundred yards of total offense. It's not like Missouri was moving the ball up and down the field. Georgia gave them some really short fields early in the game. They were able to capitalize on, but you know that's neither here or there. I, I I just think that you know Nazir Stackhouse, Zion Logworn, Brinson, um, you know Bill Norton, uh, Bear Alexander, Christian Miller, uh, you know you keep, you kind of go down the line. I think Georgia's got some really good players up front on defense, and I just don't know if you wanted to give them that extra. What do you accomplish by saying that out loud? Nothing. Not one thing, Um, you know, in fact, you may, you know, you know, you may get your back porch painted red. Yeah, if, I mean. Uh, if, if you, you know, by saying it.
1: Poking the bear, poking the dog, whatever it is, man. That's like the last bear thing. Alexander. That's it, what I was going for. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. But with this team right now, man, they've kind of lacked a little bit of a spark. And it's almost like at the perfect moment, this guy comes along and potentially gives them that spark. I don't expect him to know what is going on with Georgia right now, but it almost seems like uh, just the the worst possible timing if Georgia uses it to motivate them in the way that we've seen Georgia use this stuff to motivate them before, specifically in the Auburn game. Think about the Gus Malzahn dog crap comment. I mean, one of those Auburn games that I had on in the background today was that SEC championship game. And we're on the field immediately after that game. I ask Isaac Nada, how do you feel about this win? He goes, we whipped the dog crap out of him, didn't we? Like those kinds of things, I don't think people fully appreciate. It seems like a cliche with the bulletin board material, but it does reach these players' ears. Well, and and
3: we're not the only ones noticing it because over at Auburn on our Auburn Live on 3 site – Justin Hokinson tweeted out, "Oh no, Brandon Council, not like this. For real though, why? Why?"
0: <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, so, oh, man.
3: So it's it's getting noticed, not just by Georgia media, not just by Auburn media. I would imagine the players have taken notice of that too. Um, to say that they are that they he feels like they can demolish them, um, you know. Hey, he did preface it if we keep them out of their third-down packages. So there's okay. there's a preface, there's a precursor to the demolition.
1: There you go. So just move the ball on first and second down, yeah. and and then you'll be in good shape. Um, but seriously, guys, looking back at this rivalry and looking at where it is right now with Brian Harson seemingly on the way out, uh, how much of a factor is that for Auburn coming in between the hedges and, and this – perfect storm, trash talk, bulletin board material aside. Uh, does Georgia really have a great opportunity right now to get back on track with this Auburn team being in the state that it is?
2: Uh, Georgia's always got a great chance to get on track against Auburn inside Sanford Stadium. I mean, that's just uh, 2005, last chance they won in in Athens. Uh, I think you had close games in 2009. And 2014. And the rest of them have been, for the most part, um, just beatings. And, uh, you know, Georgia puts a couple of two or three epic beatings on Auburn um, inside Sanford Stadium. It's toyed with them a few times, kind of fiddled farted around a little bit, and maybe didn't beat them by as much as they should have a couple of times. But for the most part, Auburn has gotten worked every I mean, in the state of Georgia. Against Georgia. I mean, you count that SEC championship game. There was a stat, and I can't remember when it uh, – I can't remember what game it was, it, where Auburn hadn't scored a touchdown in the second, third, or fourth quarter against Georgia in Sanford Stadium. Yeah, it, I'm going to try to look that like up. I remember Like a 10-year that too, stretch yeah. or something. Like in, in five games inside Sanford Stadium. Um, it, was, it was something wild, though. I mean, it, it was almost like there was a little run there when Gus Malzahn was there. Well, they would come down, they would score on their opening drive, and that was it. That was, you know, done. I know in that 2014 game when Auburn was actually playing some pretty good football, maybe ranked top ten in the country, Georgia had lost four out of five games. Uh, you know, to, uh, you know they had lost to Ole Miss and Tennessee on the Hail Mary and Vanderbilt and Florida. And, 2016. Um, yeah. Oh, it was – yeah, 2016. Yes. Sorry, yeah, 2016. Right. Um When Georgia beat them that year, Auburn didn't have a first down in the second half, like not one first down. Um, Maurice Smith, Mm -hmm. uh, pick six, six, Georgia's only offensive touchdown that day. Um, But, you know, Georgia's just kind of just really beat up on them in Athens. I mean, I just – it's hard to anticipate them flipping the script with everything they've got going on right now. They're not a good – they're not a great football team. They were very lucky to beat Missouri. Um, they got defla- – I mean, w- what happened last week had to take something out of them. Uh, Brian Harson's situation hanging in the air, a state of flux at quarterback. And, um, you know, they, I, if I'm not mistaken, they lost an edge rusher for the season earlier this week. in, in the Leo- Ed- to- Echo,
3: Leo too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, lost him for the season as well. So um, – and then you got Brandon Council spouting off. So, I don't really – I don't see it. But it's not impossible we're well not these I'll get to that later these
1: calls are kind of starting to sound the same though when we talk about these teams that are coming in because <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, said the many, same things.
3: How many points was it that that we were given the over under on for the next three four games, and we it was took, like forty yeah and and they
1: let up forty
3: point you know, twenty two last week twenty two in back to back
1: weeks, yeah, so I don't know if that's um, ever happened in the history of football by the way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 22 no, probably. Twenty-two, right probably. Jake, so I, I did the
3: research on it. Georgia has not given up a second-half touchdown to Auburn at Sanford Stadium since Cam Newton was their quarterback in 2010.
1: Well, they well, they, they weren't ever played Stadium then either. So yeah, Cam Newton never played between the hedges. Right?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about the uh, yeah. the the change there.
2: Yeah, that was the that was so, the flip so from- so so eleven
3: they played in Athens. No, nope, yeah. that was
2: in Auburn too. No, all right, it was. It went from two thousand nine to two thousand twelve.
3: It was
1: okay.
2: uh, All right, so so then I'm 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 beginning no, my research again.
3: Nine, they nine. In and
1: 12 as well. It was twelve and thirteen. I did play them in eleven at yeah, home. 11, in eleven. Aaron Murray was just throwing absolute seeds at everybody. Uh, Michael Bennett had a touchdown. All right, Malcolm well, 11, Rambo. Bruce, Bruce Figgins had a touchdown. 11, they did not uh, give up a I had a touchdown.
3: <laughs> 11, they did not give up a second half touchdown. So you got to go back to 2009 where I think they did. They did. That was uh, the game up, where Bacari Rambo ran the fourth foul.
1: The whole uh, – Stadium was chanting Rambo's name, and he was out Ooh. with a concussion, I believe, on uh, the, on the uh, field. Gave
3: up, gave up a fourth-quarter touchdown there, um, but still won 31-24. Um, you know, Wes, you, you brought up, you know, the Auburn situation, Brian Harsin, Um, You know, to me, I think that that could be – and I know Kirby says that they don't look at some of that outside they, – They they focus on themselves. They don't look at that outside noise – um, you know, to me, if if I was Georgia and I was trying to get back on track, I smell blood in the water here. And it's an opportunity in a big rivalry game, uh, 127th meeting between these two teams to get Auburn's coach fired by with <laughs> a beat down. To me, that would be motivating. Palmer's I mean, so
1: savage. Palmer is like... <laughs> Get this guy back out into the MAC, baby. We Send want to him ruin out to the people's SEC. lives. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know what you mean, Palmer, and I'm gonna. But I'm yeah, gonna, I mean, yeah. To to me, if I, if I was a kids
2: in a new private school, right? <laughs>
1: hey, hey, make, with, make his wife a new
3: hairstylist. With, with with that buyout that I'm sure he would receive, I'm I'm, I'm feeling certain they could go to whatever private yeah. school they want
1: to. Well, look. Schools are firing guys left and right these days. You got to keep your head on a swivel, man. Um, I spoke with Tom Hart from the SEC Network. He called the Georgia-Missouri game this past weekend, went to Mizzou, and I asked him what he thought about Auburn coming into Sanford Stadium. Here, here is uh, Tom Hart's perspective. I haven't on the seen game.
0: him in person. Um, my biggest curiosity with them, and once again, since I haven't, I, I can't comment with authority on this, but my biggest question is, can they do the same thing Missouri did on the defensive line? Now, offensively, they've been through a couple of different quarterbacks. Um, Tank Bigsby is still Tank Bigsby, and they can run the ball fairly well. But, you know, they blew a 17-point lead to LSU. They just don't have um, – there don't seem to be a whole lot of positive feelings around that program right now with a head coach walking the green mile and, and who knows what's next. But the recruiting hasn't been – certainly hasn't been to, to what Georgia has done over the years
1: Uh, we'll get to the recruiting aspect later on in the show Jake Roos broke down uh, the angles of Georgia's visitors this weekend and some uh, big names coming between the hedges but Tom touched on everything that we have already touched on except for Auburn's defensive front trying to expose Georgia's O-line again guys and that's the big question we talked about it Sunday night have we gotten any kind of answers any kind of indication about what Georgia's doing to shore that up offensively Uh, I know they're not going to show their hand and reveal all their schemes to us but what's the energy what's the mindset about not getting owned up front on the offensive line again
2: Well, so, I mean, it's yeah. – I mean, you, there hasn't been a whole lot of concern expressed, but I will say this. Um, you know, I wrote a story on Monday about how um, I felt like the offensive line was going to have a tough week because Kirby made the comment that, you know, the whole physicality thing on Monday, He, you know, he's like, hey, that's on us as coaches, that's what, our job, we've got to get them ready to play. You know, you hear a guy say something like that and, uh, you know, the guy that's kind of, uh, you know, reserved in terms of just not a super verbose guy like Kirby Smart is and he says something like that, you're, you're betting that they're probably going to work him pretty hard. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a ton of like, well, we got to do this better. We got to do that better. We're struggling with this. We're struggling with that. It's just been being more physical and being more um, firm at the point of attack and, I mean, I'm sure they'll work on that. I just don't think that Auburn is as disruptive, um, you know, on a down-in, down-out basis as uh, – And they're as- on the road and they don't have the home crowd to energize them and yeah, or, or that, or the mess with the snap count, anything like that.
3: Yeah, and I, I wrote a little bit about it as well, and Kirby gave us a quote. I think it was Monday. Pretty certain that it was Monday, but um, that – you know, it, the blame doesn't fall entirely on the offensive line here that they've got to do better all around offensively. Um, you know, it, it does feel like the offensive line has been a little bit of a scapegoat, um, you know, that they've been, you know, looked at as, as the problem. And, you know, I fall into that category as well. You know, I, I, I think back on Saturday night's show, Sunday Night show, I've talked a lot about the offensive line. Um, needing to get things fixed up there. Um, You know, Kirby was asked if they're going to cut down the rotation. Well, they kind of already have. Um, You know, the the, the two rotational players, per se, um, Amarius Mims and Devin Willick uh, only played, I think it was six snaps. Um, Outside of that, it was the starting five played all of them. Um, So you you saw a moment there where Tate Rattledge and Warren McClendon were out but, you know, those those other three played all all 81 snaps, um, you know, and, and so to me, um, it, I'd certainly interested to see if they do decide to change things up a little bit, maybe change up the approach. Um, but I, I, I think it goes back to just physicality. Got to Got to bring it. Um, you know, Kirby said it Saturday night in, in a you know, very blunt way. Georgia got their butts whipped. And, uh, you know, it can't, can't happen again.
1: Well, part of what we also talked about was that, that vicious cycle of, you know, Stetson couldn't uh, find guys that could separate on offense when he's trying to let passing plays develop. When they hurried up and really needed to put the hammer down, they could drive. They drove on Mizzou. But part of the silver lining, the bright spots of Georgia offensively, was Don Blaylock. And I think of all the guys that – We're wondering to see who's going to step up uh, for all these Georgia injured uh, players. Well, one of them is Don Blaylock, a guy who knows a lot about injuries himself, and it's probably not a name that anybody really expected to be a major role player coming into the season, but... We, y'all spoke to him this week, too, and he's really developing into a legitimate target for Stetson who's very dependable, too, when Stetson needs to find a guy who knows what he's doing down the field. Yeah, kid knows a little bit about lighting Auburn up, too. Big catch against yes, them in the uh, 2019
2: game, I believe it was, yep, at Marley Auburn. He says feed um, him more targets. That's right, yeah, Glenn. 52-yard 50, uh, touchdown pass uh, you know, from Jake Fromm, I believe it was. And uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about Blaylock is, is there's not one thing on the page other than maybe his hands that really jumps out at you, but he always seems to separate. He always seems to power through and, and finish plays with the extra yardage or break a tackle. Um, he's a really good football player. Uh, that you know, if you measure, you were able to kind of you talk about measurables. If you were able to measure that little football piece of his uh, of his brain or his heart or whatever, it's it's a large and and I think that. The thing that encouraged me about Dominic Blaylock this week is he just openly said, I feel like I'm back doing some doing a lot of the same things that I was as a freshman and I'm doing them at the same level. Georgia needs that. Georgia needs that 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 physical presence to go along with the 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 guy that Dominic Blaylock has developed into mentally. Um you pair those two together. I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be a dominant force, but I think he can be an impact player. A dominant force. Nice.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, Palmer.
1: <laughs> No,
3: but but uh, but, you know, hey, he he did talk about that being back to freshman Dom. And like you said, Jake, that's certainly something that Georgia would love to have, um, you know, given the fact that he was such a a major contributor on that team um, at a time where they are, you know, looking for receivers to step up, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even with a guy like A.D. Mitchell in there. It's still a young receiver group. Uh, Dom is somebody that is a veteran, um, you know, maybe hasn't played a ton of games because he's missed so much time, but he's been around for four years. He spent so much time off the field. Um, and, and he said, you know, that, that during that time that he was recovering, he was developing, uh, you know, at, in off the field as well, you know, in terms of, uh, his understanding, his knowledge of this playbook. Um, so, You know, certainly impressed with Dom last week. um, You know, impressed with what he had to say this week as well. And um, you know, Georgia needs him because he's he's been a reliable pass catcher in the past, and they are looking for reliable pass catchers in the present.
1: Uh, Palmer's pun about domination reminded me of uh, some people that know how to turn a phrase and put it on a T shirt, and that's breaking tea. Check out BreakingTea.com for the lineup of Georgia T-shirts. You know you need a new one. We have a link to the fine folks at Breaking Teas website in this show's description, whether you are listening on a podcast or watching on YouTube. Check out Breaking Tea, their wide collection of mailman, Brock Bowers, Chris Smith, Darnell Washington. They got it all. Go check out the breaking tea lineup at the link in this show, guys. Let's west, chop some west, wood.
3: West. I, know, I know that they've got a. I know that they've got a Brock Bowers one. I've got something stored away. What do you have? I'm, saving, what do you it have? I'm saving it for a tweet. I'm I'm saving it for one of those tight ends to make a big play. Um, you know, I'll, I'll 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 let you know. Uh, All right, man. It, You're letting me you'll, down. You'll, I think you can you'll give the people a sneak it, peek tonight. But but we might get it on a uh, breaking tea t-shirt. Uh, you know, let let's just say it's a little bit of Brock Bowers Heisman hype.
1: Have you sent this over to Sam Franco? I have not. We'll do it. He'll probably put it on a t-shirt. He might give you some nil money. Uh, let's chop some wood, fellas. And I, I just I just sent it in the chat for you two to uh, to You're get a little bit. You're being real. Of it. You're being real sneaky. You're being real sneaky right mm. now.
2: I had already seen it. You you had already sent it to me, so yeah, yeah. I already seen it. I like
1: right. it. It's good. All right, Jake Jake's on board. All right, okay. I like it too. But let's see what happens. I understand why you're not sharing it at the moment. You don't want to jinx anything, right? Hey, I'm, I'm with, looking. It for has the to do retweet. with a very a very uh, high profile award in college football. <laughs> Um, I'm ready to chop some wood guys. I got my ax. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to, I'm going to lead us off tonight. Um, I think Georgia needs to look at this game and I'm not as savage as Palmer is about this, but I think Georgia needs to look at this game in a way that I know they're not looking at it because, uh, they take it one game at a time, nameless, faceless opponent, all that stuff. But the important thing for this game to me is that Georgia needs to go into this game and dominate. And they really need to do the dirty deed of treating this team the way that they deserve to be treated. Auburn's not very good. Georgia's shown us that they are good when they play their best football. And it's a critical time of the season for the dogs to really knock this one out of the park, get back into their – actual ways of making people quit being the team that is hunted all the stuff that kirby says it's now and it may also be never if they don't do it right now because you got this game you got vandy next week you got the bye week before florida and then it is a brutal stretch you don't want to go into the bye week wondering about can we score in the red zone can we uh give Stetson enough time to let plays develop? Can we continue to uh, put pressure on the quarterback? Can we keep getting turnovers? That's what Georgia needs, and this is the game to go out there and do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I know, you know, you're sitting here rooting for it. You know, Palmer's sitting here talking about it. You guys want Georgia to beat Auburn so bad that, you know, it wrecks the Harson family dynamic. I get it. You guys are just like, you know, really wanting Georgia to go in here. I think they probably will, but I've got a concern. And I want to chop wood on just how Auburn is the exact type of team that with Georgia's injuries on defense right now to give them a little bit of trouble. And I say that because Robbie Ashford, Stuck out to me earlier this week whenever Kirby Smart said that when Robbie Ashford was at Oregon, BMAC, uh, Brian McClendon, who was also there at the time, is now Georgia's wide receivers coach. You know, that Ashford worked out with the skill guys, worked out with the receivers. And, you know, I've seen him in action. I saw him play against San Jose State a little bit. Very fast kid. Um, you need Smile Munden. You need depth at inside linebacker because you're going to have to chase that guy around a little bit. Um, if Munden's unable to play or if he's not full speed, I think that's that's maybe a little bit of an issue. You combine the fact that they've got Hunter, they got Bigsby. Both of those guys are really good football players. And you would like to see Georgia at full strength defensively going into this game. Now, listen, I understand that they're playing Georgia in Athens. I understand that's a tough place to play for Auburn. Um, you know, I, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Georgia, okay? I'm going to pick Georgia. I'm 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 toying with whether or not to pick Georgia to cover. I got Georgia by
1: 20 plus. I'll say that. I don't know. I I'm just gonna flip a coin when we had to pick our spread. <laughs> yeah, but but at haven't. the end of the day, um,
2: watch out for that. Watch out for you know that particular little matchup there with Ashford and Bigsby and Hunter against Georgia's front seven with Jalen Carter and 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 Smile Munden out because. That's the one area where I think, you know, this could be a little bit more of a fight for Georgia than than they want it to be.
1: All right. We'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. Palmer.
3: I am switching it up on y'all guys. Uh I am You're all talking... over the place
1: tonight, man. You're ruining people's uh... families. You're dropping secret chats in the chat room. What's going on? I'm talking Georgia basketball tonight
3: uh, for okay. my chopper wood. Uh, we got October 5th, October 5th, two days before Stegmania. Georgia basketball first, the start of the Mike White era this Friday. Um, they'll they'll have a little bit of fun there before the real business gets going. A month. What is later.
1: Stegmania all about, Palmer? Megstania is what I like to call it. What, <laughs> um, what happens there?
3: I don't know. I've been. I think I've been twice. Okay. Um And can I quit? From, can I tell
2: a quick story about Stegmania? Yeah. Sure. So I forgot about Stegmania, the first one. Okay. And I came home, and that's I. That's the three of
1: us, right? If you're watching on video, that's that's me, that's us, Jake, that's and us. Palmer. Yeah. Uh, I come home, I, and I actually it
2: popped up on my Facebook memories today. I come home, I, I get the low country boil set up out west. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. I, I had a little country boil coming out one one time when you came out to my my old house before we moved oysters. Yeah, we we did our little oyster roast there and uh, I had that bad boy out and I got it ready and I started drinking Michelob Ultras and you know, I'm a big Michelob Ultra guy, Ultra Gold, organic, all that stuff. I love it. It's, uh, it's just easy drinking water beer. I get it refreshing. Uh, I get about two or three in and all of a sudden, some, one of the Georgia beat reporters tweets, you know, here, it's here at, uh, uh, Stegman Coliseum for Stegmania. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Um, so luckily I wasn't, you know, nine ten de- beers deep, um, <laughs> because, uh, I had to hop in a car and hop in the car and head that way. And, you know, I, I had to, you know, basically give my wife instructions on how to pull the <laughs> <laughs> you know, dump the pot out for the uh, – pull the colander out and dump it out for the for the family to eat. But, God, man, I had to miss a low country boil for Stegmania, and
1: I don't think I'll ever forgive it. They're not See, offering up low country boil at Stegmania, I no, no, no. no.
3: See, and this is how far we've come, Jake, because I was at that Stegmania, and I was your intern at the time, but you didn't trust me enough to go work it.
2: No, <laughs> I mean – yeah, I don't think you were – were you posting your own stories at the time? I can't even remember.
3: I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Anyways, I also th- believe, and I could be wrong here, um, shout out to one of our loyal listeners, my mother. Jake, didn't you meet my mom and my brother at a yeah, I believe so. I believe yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, so – Stegmania is this Friday. Today, Georgia basketball had practice. Uh, Mike White opened things up for the media. Um, super excited to see that team. A lot of new faces um, in, in different places. Um, different identity to this to this basketball program right now, philosophy behind it. Um, just excited to see where Mike White can take this team take this program. Um, excited to see that. Obviously, it's football season. That's that's the big priority in Athens. Uh, basketball plays a scrimmage and exhibition against Georgia College on October 31st. Um, people are probably going to be dressed up like that, not at Stegman Coliseum, but around town. Uh, and and they open the season November 7th. So long way to go there, but um, ba- Georgia basketball on my mind today. Uh, to go check out piece that i wrote on what we got to see today at practice
1: glenn hartley says he's having a low country boil for christmas it's the family tradition speaking of family i feel like glenn hartley is
2: becoming family
1: i think glenn hartley's trying to get a paycheck from us can we call him uncle glenn uncle glenn you cool with that hit us up in the comments uncle glenn uh, Uncle Glenn reminded me of a, of a different family tradition that I spotted out and about around town. And uh, it was one of those moments that you really just, you can't really believe that you're seeing it unfold before your eyes. But I was in line picking up my pregnant wife a Starbucks order. And she has a very specific order that she has to get every time. I've tried to make it at home. It's the like turkey sandwich or something. And I've, I guess, failed miserably to do it. So I was in line to pick this thing up. And what do I see in front of me but Stetson Bennett's family just (laughs) sitting there rolling into town early for the game? All three Stetson Bennett's. (laughs) one I keep you've got two, me with this
2: twice now like I'm like oh man he saw his, he, saw his, he saw his, mom or his dad and the twins I mean you know that's cool and then there we go he does it with the dang mail trucks again
1: yeah well Auburn fans were getting they were getting some jokes in they're saying well they're all broken down like yeah it's not Stetson Bennett the fourth that's broken down though so I appreciate Glenn remind me of that uh guys quick recruiting note I uh, did tease this earlier in the show, so I wanted to deliver. I uh, caught up with Jake Roos. He told me about Georgia and Auburn on the – recruiting front. We spoke at length. Uh, my video with Tom Hart is a full-fledged interview on our YouTube channel, if you want to check that out. In this conversation with Jake Roos, we go way deeper into Georgia and Auburn, how it used to be a very heated recruiting battle between those two schools. Right now, it's not the case. Georgia's number two in the 2023 on three recruiting rankings. Auburn's number 32. All right, so that doesn't really cut it. If you're an Auburn Tiger. But here's what Jake is looking forward to as far as this weekend goes with uh, some high profile visitors coming to visit between the hedges it's going to be a big one
0: Wes I mean uh, they got a lot of guys on campus for this one as you might expect I mean Georgia's biggest home game maybe of the year you could probably be, say Tennessee it's definitely between the two obviously and I, I think that uh, they want to bring in as many guys as they can and this visit list is taken really nice shape for Georgia an official visit from Damon Wilson on tap this weekend I think that's definitely one to watch Georgia loves that guy five-star pass rusher and they really need some pass rush in this class um, he's one of the best in the nation and really long, you know, they have some of those guys in the six, three, six, four range, but they need one of those, uh, you know, six foot six guys that can really get out there and bend the edge a little bit. Damon Wilson certainly fits the bill hearing a lot about Ohio state there. So, uh, could be a tough pull, but Georgia very much in the mix, uh, along with Alabama. I think that those are kind of the three schools setting themselves apart, Going to be interesting to see how this visit shapes things moving forward because uh, Damon Wilson is, like I said, a guy that they really want, and he spent a lot of time on uh, campus in Athens over the summer. Four-day trip, unofficial visit. That's really unusual. You don't see guys come that long for the most part, but uh, he made a great trip, and uh, you know to follow it up with an official visit seems like a strong indication of how he feels about Georgia.
1: And Good days, God, those days highlights. Yeah, those highlights
3: or something else, Um, you know. Hey, hey, Jake mentioned it there that this could be Georgia's biggest home game, along with that Tennessee one. Are we thinking Georgia? Are we thinking Georgia's going to go without a night game at home? I mean, because this one's three thirty. Vanderbilt's been announced. I mean, it'll be dark
1: by the time the game's over. So, I don't know. You got to take what you can get, especially if
2: Tennessee. Tennessee, when the time changes. Uh, that'll probably be a three thirty game.
1: The entire
3: second time does it? Here, it?
2: Huh? I thought the time doesn't change this year. I thought maybe not.
1: I I don't know, man. I just the operate. days do get shorter, though. The yeah, days do get shorter. It. Well, I mean, our our company headquarters based in Nashville. All the stories we write are set to Central Time. I mean, I don't know what time it is half the time. I, I don't yeah, know either. what's. I just going got on. back from St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> know. Uh. Jake's report report there uh, sets me up perfectly to uh, tease our $1 for a year premium membership. That is still going on. So uh, don't let it break the bank. Check it out. $1 for more uh, premium recruiting info from Jake, from Jeremy Johnson, from Chad Simmons. All those guys keep it so hot. And another perfect segue here, Tomahawk dog, I know you're a happy dog right now. The Low Country Boyle family tradition for Christmas. <laughs> Will you adopt me, Uncle Glenn? We've already established a nickname here for Glenn, and, and Glenn says, come on down. Go Braves. I know uh, Jake was beside himself just celebrating last night, getting noise complaints from the new neighbors, just <laughs> hooping and hollering after that big win. Yeah, I
2: got some painting to do. I got some champagne on the walls last night. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, the The plastic tarp shaking up beer cans and champagne I ain't laughing yeah what'd you do do you, you you just spray champagne
2: all over your house no I just uh, uh I was just relieved you know because losing four to nothing on uh, on Monday just immediately took lead immediately took me to oh my god you know I didn't talk as much junk as a lot of people did but it just took me to the point that I was like oh my god you know you know what a disaster would be is getting swept by the
1: Marlins and then them watching the Mets sweep the Nationals yeah. that would be a disaster. well they were bringing it they were trying mm-hmm. look i i don't expect the Braves to to repeat i didn't going into the season it's just the, the odds are non-existent but to win the world series and then also win the division again it just shows this team was not a fluke uh they still got some really good pieces and they were even better in the regular season so a relief, yes, and a lot to celebrate. All right, that's enough baseball talk. I'll let you all tune into your other Brave shows for that. We won't bore you if you don't want to hear about Braves baseball. Jake's ready to go to bed, and Palmer's uh, <laughs> heading over to Stegmania. So, uh, appreciate you, fellas. Good stuff tonight. Head on over to dogshq.com to keep the party going. We will catch you all next time we get together right after this Georgia-Auburn game on Saturday night. Y'all have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. um,